A man came home from work to total mayhem in his house. His three children were outside, still in their pajamas, playing in the dirt with empty food boxes and wrappers strewn all around the front yard. The door to his wife's minivan was open, as was the front door to the house. Proceeding into the entry, he found an even bigger mess. A lamp had been knocked over, and the throw rug was wadded against one wall. In the front room, the TV was blaring loudly, and the family room was littered with toys and several items of clothing. In the kitchen, dishes filled the sink. Breakfast food was spilled on the counter. Dog food was spilled on the floor, and a broken glass lay under the table. And a small pile of sand was spread by the back door. He quickly ran up the stairs, stepping over toys and more piles of clothes, looking for his wife, worried that she was ill or that something serious had happened. He discovered her in the bedroom, still curled up in the bed in her pajamas, reading a novel. There was a half-eaten bagel and two cups of coffee on the bedside stand. She looked up and asked how his day went. He looked at her bewildered and asked, what happened here today? She smiled and answered, you know, every day when you come home from work, you ask me, what in the world did I do all day? <laughs> well, today I didn't do it. <laughs> I hope you brought your Bible today. If you'll turn with me to Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 10. And I have to give credit where credit is due. My husband was a great help to me in this. <laughs> no, he didn't write it, but he was a great help. <laughs> uh, I don't know what I would do without him. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. 38 through 42, Luke chapter 10. Now it came to pass as they went, that's Jesus and his disciples, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but this one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Let's ask the Lord's help before we go any further. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can gather here in freedom with this whole group of Christian women from this county. That we don't have to be afraid for our lives as we meet here. We just praise you for our freedom. Take away any distractions, Lord, and help us to have clarity of thought. And Lord, give me clarity of thought and just use me to help some lady today. Uh, give each lady here a heart that is open to your leading, Father. Just guide us and, and have your hand upon us as we study this character today. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Well, I had a tough theme, God's laundromat. Do you know there's not a whole lot of laundry stories in the Bible? Um, I checked, so I thought, well, how about housekeeping? That's close. Um, so I was thinking, you know, I, I needed... I needed the perfect domestic diva, you know, that we could pattern our lives after. And so um, my husband got out a whole pile of 
of books, and he pulled out one with all the women, you know, Herbert Lockyer's All the Women of the Bible, and he's reading through, and we're looking through there, and he starts shouting out all these names, and we both stopped and looked at each other and said, Martha, Martha's the one. So, what do you think of when you think of Martha? (laughs) I've got a stack of these at home that are sitting on my stand because I want to go through and rip out the good pages so I can throw the rest away so I don't have to keep them all, Um, but we're we're not going to talk about this Martha. We are going to talk about the Martha in the Bible. That's Martha of Bethany. Um, And I have to tell you, too, my main points are not original with me. I borrowed them from a fellow named John Hamby. All right, so let me give you a little bit of background. Set the stage, if you will. Jesus has been teaching in Galilee and had returned to Jerusalem for the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, After the feast, he visited his friends, uh, Mary and Martha. They lived about two miles outside the city of Jerusalem, right on the slope of the Mount of Olives. Uh, in the town of Bethany. Uh, remember that Jesus kept no home of his own. Uh, Matthew 8.20 says um, that foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of God hath not where to lay his head. He pretty much always depended on his friends to house him. Uh, although I'm sure there were many times where he probably slept Boy Scout style just out in the open. Um, but for most of the time, he was pretty much homeless. Um, but we might say he was homeless, with, uh, but rich with hospitable friends. So we find Jesus and his disciples sitting in the front parlor at Martha's house. Let's read verse 38 again. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. You see how it says her house right there? Some scholars believe that perhaps she was a well-to-do widow who owned her own house and invited her sister, Mary, and her famous brother Lazarus. You remember him. He was dead once. Uh, to live with her. It's also thought that perhaps they were all three younger rather than older, as we might think of a widow. Um, and of course, the details of that are left out in this account. So that's sort of just a guess and what some scholars have said. All right, so let's look at verse 39. Verse 39. And when she, or, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. The key there is also Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. Uh, here's the scene. Jesus' disciples and probably others were sitting around Martha's house listening to Jesus. As Martha and Mary sit there, the room is full of Jesus' followers intently listening to his teaching. Um, it's also reasonable to think that there may have been a crowd in Martha's front flower bed trying to listen in. At some point, she sits there listening. It dawns on Martha. These people are going to need to eat soon. So her mind wanders from the teaching as she mentally runs down the items in her pantry. I'm sure none of us have ever done this during preaching on a Sunday. So soon her menu is all prepared in her mind, and she has to plot her escape from this room. So carefully and quietly, she slips from the crowded, stuffy room and heads straight for the pantry. Partway into the meal preparations, when the mixer is going, the oven is humming, and all the burners are full of simmering pots, Martha starts to realize that Mary did not get up and come and help her. As she scurries from dish to dish, stirring this and whisking that, her frustration grows. Alice Matthews put it like this, The harder Martha worked, the more worked up she became. Perhaps she started making a little more noise, banging a few pots around, hoping that Mary would get the hint. And you just see yourself in there. Come on. So that brings us to our first point. If you're taking notes, this is Roman numeral one. 
Loss of focus caused Martha to resort to self-pity. Loss of focus caused Martha to resort to self-pity. We'll find this in verse 40. Let's read 40 again. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me alone to serve? Bid her therefore that she help me. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Mary, why aren't you helping your sister? Can't you see she's doing all the work? You should be ashamed of yourself. Get up and go help her. No, (laughs) that's not how it went, is it? He turned right back around to Martha. He saw her self-pity. She was not singing, there is joy in serving Jesus. No, not at all while she was cooking. Quite the contrary. While she was making the stew, she was stewing. All the joy in serving the Lord was lost because she had forgotten her reason for serving. And he was literally, her reason for serving, he was literally sitting in her parlor. She had the poor me's. I have to do everything because no one else. I hope, our never, I hope we never get that attitude in our service for the Lord. We need to be careful of it. I'm sure there's not a church represented at this meeting today that could say 100% of our church does the work. Is there anyone like that? No. The statistics, I thought, were about 20 to 30% of a church that does the work of the church. But my husband, as he proofread my notes, uh, looked at it and he said probably more like 10% of a church that does the work. So don't get in the poor me's. It's easy to when you feel like, you know, I'm one of the only ones who's working. So we must be careful not to throw a pity party or we'll be like the one who once threw a selfish tea party. I had a little tea party this afternoon at three. It was very small, three guests and all, just I, myself, and me. Myself ate all the sandwiches while I drank up the tea. It was also I who ate the pie and passed the cake to me. So let's skip the pity party and thank the Lord for the opportunity to serve him. All right. Number two, number two, loss of focus caused Martha to become angry and find fault with others. Loss of focus caused Martha to become angry and find fault with others. Martha is now sweaty, hot and frustrated. Pots of food are boiling and so is Martha. She has been roasting in the kitchen preparing food for a crowd of probably 15 or more people all by herself. And the obvious person to lend a hand is just sitting in the parlor. Perhaps she had tried subtly to get Mary's attention. Maybe she stood at the kitchen doorway, gave her the look. Or maybe she cleared her throat throat) trying to get her attention, but Mary just didn't look. I don't know, but whatever she had tried, it wasn't working. And Martha was getting a rather miffed. This is the scene that often plays out at my house. I'll say, boys, go clean up your room, the hallway, the rug room. We got a rug and now it is the rug room. The rug room, you need to clean up your toys. And after some persuasion, they'll finally get going. And it's not five minutes before I hear, Mom, Gabe's not helping me clean. He gets the poor me's, I'm afraid. Well, whatever Martha had tried to get her sister to help, it hadn't worked. So she went directly to Jesus, even interrupting his teaching in a room full of listeners. Can you imagine that? If I wasn't helping and someone just popped up here and came up, by the way, you know, you need to. And then we're right in the middle of what we're doing. But she interrupted and 
had to take her case directly to Jesus. Okay, number three, loss of focus caused Martha to question God's care, to question God's care. I'm sure she wanted to say, Lord, don't you care that I'm over here doing all the work by myself? I even think she wanted to be there listening to Jesus, but she felt that heavy weight of caring for her guests. You know, it wasn't like they could just run out and grab something at McDonald's and didn't come back. Uh, you know, in those days, you, you needed to care for your guests in this way. When she started to, uh, or when we start to lose focus on why we serve the Lord, we can begin to question God's care for us. We even feel like he doesn't know what's going on in our lives. But, of course, he does. He knows and he cares about every aspect of our lives. John Hamby put it like this, and I quote, Martha was angry at Mary for being so selfish, and, and she is angry at Jesus for allowing this to go on. Notice that Martha had addressed her irritation to Jesus. You have to admit she's one gutsy woman. Martha is accusing Jesus of not caring for her because she was sure that if Jesus really cared for her, he would tell Mary to get up and help her. Today, she would probably said something to the effect of, Lord, you know what a dingbat my sister is, but you are part of the problem, too. You tell her to get her sweet self up and come in here and help me. In saying this, she not only rebuked her sister, but also the one for whom the preparations were being made. Whenever our service causes us to criticize others and pity ourselves we, because we feel overworked, we had better take time to examine our lives. Did you catch that? Whenever our service causes us to criticize others and pity ourselves because we feel overworked, we had better take time to examine our own lives. All right, verse 41. Verse 41. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. Whoa. Not what she was expecting to hear. I'm sure that was a shock to Martha. She was fully expecting him to chide Mary. But the first words out of his mouth were Martha, Martha. It's very interesting to note there's only one other time in Jesus' earthly ministry uh, that, a per- that Jesus said a person's name two times like that. Uh, one is in Luke 22:31, where he said, Simon, Simon, uh, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. So Simon, Simon. And then from heaven, you'll remember, he said, Saul, Saul. Do you remember where Saul was when, uh, in Acts 9? He said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? So I really think that him using her name twice like that showed his deep love for Martha. Uh, when he gently and lovingly said her name before he, he gently rebuked her. He said, thou art careful and troubled about many things. The NIV puts it like this. You are worried and upset about many things. Do you ever get worried or upset about many things? If we're honest, we could say we all do almost daily. In serving the Lord, and is serving the Lord and others a bad thing? Of course not. No. This is not a Martha bashing party either. We would be honest. A lot of us are Martha's. Um, but so we don't want to be too hard on Martha. She was just putting too much emphasis on something that was really not as important at the time. She was stressing when she should have been sitting at the feet of Jesus. Do you ever think about the fact that she could have gone in that kitchen and cut up some vegetables and grabbed some chunks of meat and put them in her big black pot over the fire and got a stew going and then gone <coughs> back out? And sat at the feet of Jesus. But that wasn't good enough for her. She had gone through her list and she had made her dinner. And she was planning to have all eight courses. Because 
this was her house and she was going to do this thing. And she wanted to make sure it was right and that she had her guests just, you know, fed to the hilt. But I think Jesus was trying to tell her that at this point it might have been better to trim her menu a bit. Sometimes we tend to overcomplicate things like that in that way and distract ourselves from important things. You know, your house doesn't have to be in perfect order to have that person over for dinner. Or you don't have to be a chef to carry a shut in a meal. Um, My husband often encourages me to make simpler dishes for church events. Uh, You've probably noticed the awful things I bring up. Um, (laughs) But I'm glad he does because it really helps me on that Sunday morning not to have to put 15 things, you know, in the oven and get things ready while I'm trying to get children ready and get my pastor husband to church early and, you know, get everything going. And it helps me a lot that he encourages me to do it. You know, the homecoming guests aren't going to notice if you just brought two dozen chocolate chip cookies Instead of your famous 15-layer gourmet spice cake. So keep that in mind. It's okay to keep it simple sometimes, you know, not to stress your family out or you. All right, verse 42. Verse 42. But one thing is needful, that Mary, and Mary hath chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. I'm sure that Martha had to stop and swallow that huge lump in her throat right about this point. She had to be thinking, he's telling me that Mary was doing what was right. She had to be stunned. This is not what she was expecting him to say. Uh, Then she she was stunned with it, and then she was struck by it. Obviously, she didn't even realize that she had not chosen the best thing that day. She just thought she was going to be a wonderful hostess, and it just didn't dawn on her. You know, it wasn't every day that, that Jesus was there. Um, so Jesus wasn't rebuking her for preparing food for her guests. As the hostess, you know, she did. She needed to feed her guests. Uh, He wanted to know that it was just more important to take this opportunity to learn from him while he was in her home. After all, it wasn't every day that Jesus and his disciples would be in her front parlor on her new settee. She had just given the food way too much priority. Our fourth and final point is this. Loss of focus can be eliminated. Praise the Lord. Loss of focus can be eliminated. If you're a red healer, you know that my husband quotes this verse often. It's 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Our focus has got to be the glory of God. I tell the choir that all the time. Our focus has to be the glory of God. I don't care if you can't sing at all. Your focus has to be the glory of God. You can be a part of Red Hills Choir if your focus is the glory of God. That's what it's all about. Um, you know, if you can't sing, just don't sing loud. No, I'm just kidding. But, but we do have to focus. We have to focus on God. <laughs> just kidding. All right. Anyway, we have to choose the best thing. We have to make choices each day. We have to make sure that our choices are reflecting our focus on the Lord. We all have a lot of responsibilities in our lives. I think even more so in these days uh, than ever before in history. We go to work, cook meals, take kids to practices, go to church, clean the house, do the laundry. And I had to put that in there. <laughs> uh, and care for ill family members. And the list just goes on and on and on, the things that ladies do today. We multitask in a way that has never been before. So we have to be sure that necessity and the necessary doesn't get out of proportion and distort our lives. Because there are necessary things. Laundry, be it evil as it is, is necessary. 
Um, I don't know why there's not a lot of it in the Bible. They didn't have disposable clothes or something. You know, they just wore them until they fell apart and just pitched them and started again. I don't know. but <laughs> I didn't see a lot in there. But uh, Anyway, so we have to make sure that the necessary doesn't get out of proportion and distort our lives. Um, Alice Matthews put it this way. We live in this world and we have to be concerned with the things that make our daily life run. But we must remember that we live in a spiritual world, too. And we must nourish our spirit with God's word and our relationship with God. Remember that. You have to nourish your spirit as well as as keeping your family nourished. Do you think that Jesus is too hard on Martha? I mean, after all, Martha does all the work and Mary gets the halo. No, Martha's attitude got her in trouble. She lost her focus. She She needed an attitude adjustment. This was not a case of Martha choosing evil and sin and Mary choosing right and purity. No, this was a matter of choosing between the, the good and the best. We need to weigh our priorities and choose which is best and that which will best honor the Lord. You know, there are, there are different choices in our lives. And sometimes one choice is a, is, a, is a good thing, but something else might be a better thing. So be sure to choose the best and that, will, that which will honor God the best. All right, then Luke 10.27 says, And he said, answering, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and with all thy strength and with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. Love God, then love your neighbor. That's God's order. When we get that turned upside down, we feel overworked and underappreciated. So remember, love God first, then love your neighbor. Keep your priorities in order. Number one should be God. In my life, I, you know, I, I try to keep God number one. And then under that would be my husband and my family. And then Red Hill's down here, number four, I'm sorry to tell you. But God is first. Even my husband is not number one. We'll say to each other, you're my number two, babe. He's not number one. He's number two. He's under God. You have to keep that right. Build your marriage on that. Build your family on that. God has to be up here, number one. Then your family. And then other things underneath that. Um, let's review our points here. Loss of focus caused Martha to resort to self-pity and have her little pity party. Loss of focus caused her to become angry and find fault with others. When you start looking around saying, well, why isn't she here helping? Did she bring a casserole? I didn't notice if she, you know, she did she bring any. I brought four, you know. Keep your focus on where it ought to be so you don't get angry and frustrated with other people. And then loss of focus caused Martha to question God's care. God must not care about me. Doesn't he even see that I'm doing it all? All right. And then loss of focus can be eliminated. Just keep your eyes on him. How can you do that? Stay in his word. Fellowship with him. They say instead of counting sheep, talk to the shepherd at night when you can't get to sleep. Stay close to him and it will help keep your focus right. All right, so let's achieve a Mary and a Martha balance, serving and sitting at Jesus' feet. I think it's a balance. I don't think it's, it's you know, Martha was, and Mary was wonderful with her halo. No, it's a balance. It's a balance. We need to serve the Lord with a balance. All of you ladies know that. I know you all work so hard in your churches. That's why you're here today. You're some of that 10% that works in your church or that 20% that works in your church. Keep that up, but keep your priorities right. Why do you serve the Lord? Think about why I do what I do. Is it so that I can be 
seen as, ah, she'll bring five casseroles and she's wonderful. She'll do it. Call her. No. The service is, is the glory of God. Keep your focus where it ought to be. Catherine will come up and to the piano. We'll go ahead and get started with our invitation. The invitation is simply this, ladies. We need to come forward and get on our knees and ask the Lord to help you have a right focus daily in your life. Daily. Ask him daily. Lord, I need a right focus right now for this day. And then to keep your priorities in order. Making sure that number one is God and nothing else. And then to do everything as the verse says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, to do everything for his honor and his glory, whatever it is. Let's get on our knees, ladies, and let's pray. Come on up and pray. Be on you, Father. These things we pray in your name. Amen. Amen.